What's up, Gravel family? I'm Sophia. And I'm Jason. And this is the Gravel Family Podcast. The Gravel Family Podcast is an encouraging space to motivate more people to get on their bikes and enjoy gravel. We're going to share a variety of stories from hometown pirates to the top tier pros. We're also going to share training tips and insights on gravel worlds and other events, as well as answer your questions that arise through your training season. We are so excited you're here. Welcome to the Gravel Family. All right. What's up, Gravel family? We are back with another episode. My name is Jason. And I'm Sophia. And we have a cross, uh, how would you say this, cross uh, <laughs> genre like legend yeah. on the podcast today. So new to Gravel, new-ish to Gravel, but if you are a fan of triathlon or Ironman, which I have been for years, you're going to freak out a little bit about this guest. So uh, probably one of the biggest guests we've had so far. Uh, this guest, she got third at gravel worlds this year. Uh, she was also, she got sub eight, which she's the only eighth woman to ever get a sub eight at gravel world. So that's a huge accomplishment on the Ironman and triathlon side. She's a four or a four times. She's gotten top five at Ironman Kona, which is the world championships. She's a six time Ironman champion and four time, uh, wildflower triathlon champion. So absolute legend and goes fast swimming, biking and running. So welcome to the podcast, Heather Jackson. Oh my gosh, that was an amazing <laughs> intro. Thank you so much. You're too kind. Uh, uh, I, I'm not exaggerating. I'm, I'm a l- I was nervous for this podcast because I've been a fan of yours for like a long time. <laughs> so I, before I was in gravel, I had ambitions that I could do an Ironman and my knees had other, uh, other uh, ideas of if I could run or not. So I've uh, oh been following Thank- you for a long time. Thank you. I really appreciate that. I had no idea. I feel like it's usually the other way. Like I follow all these other sports and a lot of times I feel like from cycling or gravel or mountain, I don't know, mountain biking, like maybe they don't follow triathlon as much. (laughs) So it's, yeah, I appreciate that. (laughs) Yeah, I could, I was pretty good at swimming, got the biking down, but my knees could not do the running. I had ambitions of doing an Ironman, but I just... Couldn't do it. My There's knees still were time. no there go. There is still time. <laughs> uh, that's there. It's possible. Well, it's it's a possibility at least. So okay. Well, you probably you, swim better than I do. So I've got the biking and running. The swimming, it has never come around. <laughs> <laughs> it just comes naturally to some people and not to others. It's insane. It's crazy. It's been yeah. 15 years I've been trying so hard and it's like it's not like I haven't been trying I've worked with hundreds of coaches and like oh my god I talked to this uh I I don't remember if it was at a trade show or something but it was a coach and he specialized in Ironman and he was saying like the new thing now for like to try to find the next elite like Ironman is they look at collegiate swimmers because the swimming's the hardest thing to coach is what I've that's what he said it sounds like that might be true. hundred <laughs> percent. And that has literally um, pretty much shifted the game at this point. I mean, it's crazy. Like the talent coming up now, it's, I mean, the new generation coming through of triathletes, it's crazy. They, the USAT or USA Triathlon started that program, I want to say like five or six years ago. And it's the college, CRP, the college recruitment program. And they literally go to colleges and find, yes, yeah, people who swim for them collegiately or also run track and field or cross country or ideally both. And it's insane. They just, yeah, fully recruiting them. (laughs) A girl I went to college with, she was on the swim team here at Nebraska and she signed up for, I think it was Ironman Madison uh, just for fun with her brother. And she like 
finished and everybody's like freaking out like yeah good job and she's like okay cool i finished like i'm proud and they're like no you just qualified for kona and she's like i have to do this again (laughs) oh my god exactly but but yeah she was like so far ahead on the swim section like that she was able to qualify which was pretty crazy (laughs) yeah that's amazing yeah it's I think if you grow up doing it, then it's your head and tails above everyone. Obviously, yeah, if you compete at the high, even high school collegiate level, it's huge. But I think I didn't grow up swimming. I grew up literally playing every single sport you can think of. My mom was a gym teacher, so she had us in everything <laughs> except just swimming. <laughs> That's awesome. Speaking so. of Ironman Kona, you just got back like a couple days ago. Uh, yeah. from the world championships, one of the world championships that's happening this year. And you got 16th in women. Yes, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it was kind of, I don't know, a little bittersweet. I mean, I've performed a lot better there. I had a bit of a tough day. I got a little bit of a head cold tra- traveling over, um, which was a bummer. Um, but, I mean, no excuses. Everyone faces challenges. It was um just yeah it's Kona I feel like you either have amazing days there or you struggle and yeah it was the swim like I was just mentioning is a whole new level and I'm used to coming out from behind which it's it's nothing new but it was yeah one of those just exceptionally far back (laughs) this year and I just never kind of made my way up I'm I'm stoked I made it through the day 16th I mean yeah finishing there super impressive (laughs) How are the conditions this year? Because that's another thing with Kona's. It can be crazy hot or it can be an amazing day. Like people think of Hawaii, it's like, oh, it's great. Yeah. But it's like in the lava fields. People don't exactly. realize like Kona, it's, it's I've biked hot. that section of the, I've done the bike part of it and it's, it's hot. It's hard. It's, exactly. and then the run, the run section. I mean, they, the, what's the, like that one section that's like, the has energy terrible, lab, the energy lab because yeah. it's so hot. Yeah. <laughs> It's exactly. <laughs> like horrible, like a horrible, horrible section because it's so hot. You're literally next to black rock on black pavement, on, like with hardly any wind. So exactly. Um, you how it. are the conditions this year? That I mean, that was, yeah, I'm having flashbacks of the energy. <laughs> it was uh, pretty standard, I would say, for from what you're saying. We didn't have, it was hot as usual, and we didn't have, um, yeah, I would say, we didn't have much cloud coverage. I think the mint, so this was the first year it was two days of racing, which was crazy, a little bit different. Uh, we raced as women on Thursday and then the men had their race on Saturday. So I would say, and I think all, most of the men would agree we had the tougher day. Um, the ocean was a lot choppier. So that c- kind of contributed from the start. They had a pretty flat day. Um, but then heat wise, yeah, standard heat, super hot out there. Um, and then we had a bit more wind. Um, it, tends to shift out there like you can have 50 miles of kind of headwind and you're like oh great I'll on the turnaround I'll get tailwind back and then nope it shifts Uh, so (laughs) that was standard pretty uh nothing crazy I mean there was also one year I was there that was insane like you're going pushing way above the power you would maybe hold and you're going five miles an hour into a headwind so we didn't have that extreme I would say it was pretty pretty standard year (laughs) Well, you're no stranger to Kona. How many times in total have you been over there? I have, so this would have been my eighth year professional. Obviously, two years was canceled. Six years racing it as a pro. I was trying to do the math. I raced as an age grouper right when I got into the sport twice. So this would be my, yeah, eighth 
eighth time. But I've been going every year. My husband has worked in the industry forever, too. I met him right out of college, um, yeah, 12, 13 years ago. So we've been going every year. So every October, it's been, yeah, in What Hawaii, is your favorite which... thing about it? Um, well, for me, it was – that's what drew me into the sport. I didn't, I didn't grow up doing triathlon. I, I actually grew up playing ice hockey, so pretty far from – triathlon, um, played ice hockey through college. And then it was in college. I think I was watching the NBC coverage of Ironman Hawaii. And so for me, that's what drew me in. A lot of girls like come up through maybe some of the shorter distance ones. And I just went straight for the Ironman. Like, oh my God, that looks crazy. Like what an adventure. And so that I've always been drawn to that. And so, um, yeah, Kona has just been the race for me every single year. And it's, the, shif- the sport's shifting right now. Um, there's some new events out there. Um, Kona is kind of, yeah, there's just some stuff going on with Kona. I think they might be moving it eventually. So um, either this year was the last or there might be one more. Um, th- these are rumors, but from, I think, some legitimate sources. So it's, it's definitely shifting, but that has been my race. And I've put my focus on that for, as a professional, at least for the last, um, yeah, eight years. I say that even through COVID because it was crazy. We still thought it was going to go on each of the two years. Um, and then, yeah, obviously it didn't. So for <laughs> eight years, it's been all about October. <laughs> it's, it's, so is there... Cause there's one more this year. Cause everything got moved around. Is there, there's, there's one more Kona this year, even though it just happened. Right. Or is, was, is there two um, this year or am I completely there were wrong? Two. On that? So, um, this was the second one. Oh, they, this was the second one. Got it. Yeah. They had originally scheduled one for February and then, so we were going to go to Kona in February and then again in October and then in February, well, before February, I think it was November. Maybe they canceled the February and they actually were like, okay, we're still going to hold it. So they moved it to St. George, Utah, um, this May. And so there was an Ironman in May. Um, yeah, that was considered a world championships. Um, first time ever it was outside of Kona. And then this was the second one this year. So technically there were, yeah, two, I guess, world titles given out. But <laughs> God, I knew there was something strange with all of it this year. So yeah. Uh, What's your what's your go to thing off the bike and out of the shoes that you love to do in, on the Big Island? What's your go to? Like meaning not racing or training? Yeah, yeah. not racing. Yeah. yeah, just the tourist trap or not even yeah. tourist trap. Like place to eat, beach you love to go to. What's your favorite? We were going a lot to Kua Bay. Do you yep. know that one? It's like maybe a couple miles north of the airport, kind of long road down in. Like good shore break, good white sand. Um, Kind of smaller, although it seemed like a lot more people knew about it. Or we're going to Beach 69, which was up past Waikoloa. So we did like three or four beach days right after before we flew back. So that was fun. But uh, go to, I mean, we always hit Kona Brewing just because. <laughs> Got to. Got to. Um, Umeki's for like pokey or a, a rice bowl. Uh, there's an acai bowl place right on Elite Drive that we always hit. So I would say those are my like three or four (laughs) go-tos. I love it. One of the times that I was in Kona, uh, the 70.3 was the same weekend. And I just like love, like when you're at sporting events, like you same, same with like unbound week, but especially like the elite Ironman level, 
you can just like spot the Iron Man. They're like they just like look like different humans because like cyclists are skinny and have sometimes have big legs, but like Iron Man, you got to have the shoulders for swimming and everything. It's just like you just look like you're not human. So I, and I like it. I'm here for it. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's totally. I know it's crazy. You're you're like up. Oh, they are here for the race. Well, in addition to Kona, you have also done the Wildflower Triathlon, which is also huge. Um, you're also a four-time winner of that event. Which feels larger, Kona or Wildflower? I would say Kona. Just you get all the international racers, and everyone is just yeah primed for that one race. Wildflower back in the day, so this would have been ten years ago, was like the fun event here in the U.S. It was just this festival, and it actually reminds me of the. I haven't been to many gravel races yet, but more similar to that, where it's just like it's one area, and there's no hotels. You have to you have to camp, so it would just be oh, three cool. days of. Nice. You kind of drive into this this area and everyone's camping. And it, it used to be the collegiate national champ. So you would have just like 500 college kids partying for three days straight. Oh so my gosh. it was just like the most fun weekend ever. <laughs> I read that you online that you actually fell in love with Ironman when you were in Thailand after college. Is that correct? Yeah, exactly. I had seen Kona on TV. I just had never done one. And my, uh, the university I went to had a program right out of school. Cause I was like, I don't even know what I'm going to do now. Um, I had played ice hockey through college and it was like, that's all I had really known. And it, I mean, I was a poli sci major, but I wasn't really sure what I would use that for. I guess I wasn't the most clear <laughs> in terms of, okay, I graduated now. What am I going to do? But my university had a program similar, I guess, to the Peace Corps, where you can apply to that program and then they'll base you somewhere. And so I was, um, I got a year-long teaching position in Tha- Chiang Mai, Thailand, which was northern Thailand. But I had just kind of seen the Iron Man on TV. I was like, I think I had done a couple local ones just with my parents. My parents were trying to lose some weight. My mom was all into Weight Watchers. And so I had gone with her to like a sprint distance one. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like test myself. It was different than, um, was ice hockey forever, but also soccer. So primarily team sports. So for me, it was like, Oh, a race against myself. So I was addicted to see how much I could improve. Um, and so, yeah, I was over in Malaysia or Thailand. I'm like, Oh my God, I got to find one of those like adventure races, like Ironman. And I still wasn't, wasn't even really clear necessarily what it was exactly and I looked up Iron Man and I, there was an Iron Man Malaysia and I was like oh that doesn't look too far away and so yeah I signed up for that and that was the first one that I did over there when I was teaching abroad <laughs> did did it did you like find success pretty quickly or like well after that first one you're did you get like a coach and then take off like how what was your progression from Iron Man Malaysia to I'm like one of the greatest <laughs> like one of the best oh <laughs> Thank you. No, um, it was so I'm trying to remember the timeline. It was February was the race. And then my teaching, um, position ended, I think in May. So I did the race and I think I was, I can't remember. I might've won the age group or second or third in the age group, but at the time it was the 18 to 24 age group. And there were not many people doing it that at that time, this would have been like 2008 and or nine. Um, in that age group, really. Um, and so pretty small, but I, I walked most of the marathon, if I can remember correctly. I, I 
my strongest was the bike just coming from ice hockey. I used to be probably 30 pounds heavier, um, all leg muscle, just like in the gym every day squatting. So for me, that <laughs> <laughs> the bike was there. I was like, Oh, this is great. But I couldn't swim. I was one of the literally last out of the water, like second to last. So I think my bike was, there were like two bikes left in the racks. So <laughs> it was, That's awesome. it was bad. You've um, come a long ways. <laughs> yeah, the swim, it's still like I have flashbacks of that. Just, okay, well, at least I know where my bike is. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, it's like somebody has the exact same bike as you with the two left. Like, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, that was, I, but I did it and I was hooked because I knew, I was like, oh, my gosh, I know I can do so much better. This was just like a disaster. Like, I knew I was hooked to that. Okay, I can, imp- I know I can improve. So I came home in, I think it was like May or June of that year. It would have been the year following graduation. Um, started applying to some, I taught English over there. I didn't necessarily study that, but I had my teaching certificate. So I'm like, okay, I guess I could teach. So I just put my resume on a bunch of these job boards and I got this um, email or maybe phone call from a uh, school in the San Francisco area. And I had never been off the East coast, like full New Hampshire, went to school in New Jersey, like pretty local New England. And I'm like, Oh my God, free trip to the West coast. (laughs) (laughs) I took the interview. I'm like, sweet. Yeah, I'll fly out. Like, I remember I got my rental car and like drove across the Golden Gate Bridge to like, just to do it. (laughs) And even though the school was South, so um, did the interview and got the job in, um, it was in San Jose, California. So I drove, I guess that summer I might've done a few kind of local triathlons. And then it was, would have been when I got out there to teach the school year kind of started, but I found the local tri clubs in the area. Um, one of the local coaches and started training with a bunch of the athletes there in kind of the Bay area. So that would have been 2008, um, that I kind of really got into it more seriously. And I only lasted teaching that year and the next year. Um, And then I was like, okay, this is, (laughs) I would have probably been your age actually, because I was like (laughs) just out of school and I was teaching ninth grade. So I was teaching 14 year olds. So 14 year old boys who were like, Oh, hey, Miss Jackson. And they'd be like, <laughs> you were teaching. And you're like, no, this that's not going to happen. <laughs> Wait, was that when the Black Eyed Peas song, the sorry, Miss Jackson? Yes. I got that every day. Every oh, day. no. Oh, my gosh. Oh, no. <laughs> it was, yeah. It, dealing with, that's like. What an experience. Yeah. 14-year-olds as, like, a 22-year-old, 23-year-old, it just, I did not. Too close. I also yeah. didn't yell at them because I, I had just been there. I was, wasn't too far removed of, like, high school. And I was teaching history, so they were like, why do we have to know this? And I would be like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> it's hard to demand their respect when the age group is so close to yours. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So that was tough, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of the Bay Area, you've, you've won the escape from Alcatraz race, have you? Yeah, I won. Yep, that one was I think 2013. So I that's don't... a that's a really cool race. Yeah, uh, and yeah. really hard, like <laughs> brutally cold water usually, right? Yeah, exactly. Yes, it was freezing. <laughs> so it actually start it starts on Alcatraz, like the famous prison, right? And then right, yeah, you, you actually like... start 
Um, they boat you out. You don't actually get to get off onto the island. They just kind of park the boat. Um, and then you have to dive off the boat or, I mean, I didn't dive, but you can jump because <laughs> it's like a, it's a big boat. And then, yeah, it's just like make your way to shore. So Jeez. that was. How far is that? I think that one's maybe like a mile and a half. Um, but it's swim. like super choppy yeah. and really cold. Like yeah. it's, it's not an easy swim. It's, it's not Kona swimming. That's for darn sure. Right. Oh my gosh. <laughs> totally. Yeah. That was. I still like people still ask me about triathlon accolades and I always say that one because it was like so crazy that that was able to happen given that swim because usually when I, there's like I crazy currents back. and stuff too right like it's exactly it's, you can get, it's, it's like got to be one of the hardest swims of a triathlon like that's yeah. it's the whole thing <laughs> before this one they're telling you how you can get sucked past the bridge and like end up down you know south basically so like the whole thing is you have to aim way earlier than you think um they tell you all these different there's like a museum that's a dome that you're supposed to sight off of just but that yeah they really scare you into it of like don't end up past the bridge (laughs) and wow for the record the bridge is really far away (laughs) right right exactly it's like like, for those that haven't been to the bay like it's not close but if the tide is going out it'll just rip you out there so you have been dipping your toes into the gravel scene lately what (laughs) gravel races have you done yeah oh my goodness I love it what did I have I done so I did would have been 2020 I think it was um would have been the first because everyone's like oh you did that I did a BWR race in Cedar City. I think it was one of the only 2021. So let me reverse. I guess I had wanted to start doing them. And after 2019, um, I got fifth in Kona 2019. And I was kind of like, okay, I had been in triathlon now like 12, 13 years maybe. And it was, I still love it. I'll always love it. But it was also kind of like, I it can get a little repetitive. You're doing the same thing. It's the same training. I had done that for forever. And I'm like, okay, I want to switch it up. But I had never really gone full in. Just, I guess my main fear was the thought of crashing, not having, I guess, that experience off road. And it was like, okay, if I break a wrist, I mean, I already swim horribly. This would be (laughs) extra bad (laughs) if I have to be out of the water. (laughs) Um, So I kept being like, I don't know. Is it a good idea? Um, But 2020 happened and in COVID, we were down here in Tucson and we started taking our van. We, we literally luckily got a sprinter van before COVID hit. So it it was crazy. The timing, we had this new sprinter van that we were all about using and we would drive down to Patagonia, which isn't far south of Tucson and just amazing gravel roads. We'd go camp for a week at a time, ride a bunch of gravel, um, and just explore. And it was 2020 for me was literally amazing it was (laughs) such a good year it was so fun like I would just yeah we would camp ride bikes trail run hang out um and then 2021 um I was like I had seen that it was almost like I had seen how fun gravel was and just the different having that as part of my lifestyle and then it was like okay I got to get back to triathlon we're going for Kona one more time and so I kind of didn't I don't think I did anything in 2021 and I kept saying okay I just want to be all in for Kona one more time and then and then Kona was meant to happen all the way up until I want to say a month out of 2021 and so I had I just was like crushed because I felt like I had 
kind of given up going to some of these fun events that I had been wanting to do and looking at like, and I, I skipped them purely just to be all in one more time. And when that happened, I was like, I won't swear, but fuck this. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, like, I can't keep putting it off. Like I want to do some of these fun things. So finally this year, um, I, I think I was, Oh, I think I was going to do Mid-South and then something happened in March where I didn't make it out for that one. Um, so my first one in 2022 was Unbound. Went back, went home from Unbound to Oregon and did, uh, there's a five-day stage race up in, right where we live in the Bend. Oregon, Oregon Trail? Oregon Trail, it? yeah. Yeah. And that was, yeah, that was epic. It was just literally what we had been doing in COVID, just camping, riding, hanging out. Um, and then Gravel Worlds would have been my third one in August. So three this year. And then I'm actually headed to uh, Big Sugar this weekend. So. Oh, we'll be down oh, there. Yeah, we'll see you there. Oh, nice. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to be doing the podcast down there. So oh, perfect. by the time this comes was... out, it'll be past Big Sugar, but, but oh, we'll perfect. see you down there. Yeah, I wasn't, I was like back and forth. I'm like, okay, how's, how am I going to come around from Kona? But I'm like, okay. I'm going. I don't care. <laughs> it's going to be so beautiful with all the leaves changing down Arkansas and all the fall oh, yeah. fo- foliage. Yeah, we're, I've never we're, been there either. Neither have I. I'm excited. Yeah, it's been like 10 yeah. years since I've been there. And I've heard it's like night and day difference now. It's like such a biking town and the that's money from the Walmart money <laughs> that's right. running around town <laughs> is like completely. Somebody told me that they're building two miles of mountain bike trails a week right now oh my goodness so it's just like insane so yeah Yeah. we're we're super excited we'll see you down there yeah we're we're doing the uh 50 mile the short one with one of the adventure for all athletes two of of the adventure for all athletes so the uh athletes with autism and down syndrome we're we're gonna go ride with them and stuff so they there's a nonprofit we help out with and so we're our, our whole team gets to go ride with them. They we're always ride. Excited. They always do gravel worlds, but we can't ride with them because we're promoting the event. So we actually get to right. go down and ride with them. So we're super oh excited God. about that. That's so cool. Actually, in Kona, the first, um, I guess, Ironman, uh, well, he, with Down syndrome and autism. Uh, I saw well, that. Was, okay, so Chris, I can't say his last name, but Nickich or something. He is the first person with Down syndrome. Uh, to do it. And then there was another athlete, actually a Hoka athlete, um, who he has autism and he finished as well. So they both finished, which was insane. Chris finished with like 30 minutes to go. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, what's the yeah. cutoff? Like 18, 19 hours or something? Uh, 17 hours. 17 hours. Yeah. yeah. So it's that's a really special thing like and that's one thing that's super special about iron man that they do really well or specifically kona i don't know other ones but that reminds me of gravel is like people stay and cheer for every single person like Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter if you're first or last place like you're getting the cowbells and everything like getting cheered and that's like one great thing about gravel is like it doesn't matter who you are like you're getting celebrated so oh my god exactly we yeah even the few events we've been to my husband and i are like oh my god this is like straight crossover like the best time to finish in kona is the midnight is 11 to 12 that is literally the best time to finish there's thousands of people out it's electric it's It's electric it's way better than i mean when we come in there's no one it's like empty and then you go back at midnight and you're like whoa (laughs) 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 so then uh, i 
going back a little bit, you mentioned that the men and women were on different days. Was that just the elite level or did like all women race on Thursday and all men race on it Saturday? It was all, yeah. All age oh, groups wow. as well. Yeah. Crazy. So it was kind of a way for them to make up, I guess, from quali- people who have qualified the last few years. So it was basically double the people over there. Oh, oh. so it was huge. Like it was two yeah. huge full-size days. Wow. With yeah. just double the people. Dude, that's yeah. kind of cool though. That How <laughs> awesome was that with that many women though? The women was cool because it was like, I feel like women cheer more than men. So like I would be mm-hmm. running and everyone's cheering. Like all these women are cheering who are going the opposite way or on the out and back. So that was really, really cool. In terms of like people out and about, it was, it felt a little empty only because everyone's was resting and staying inside out of the heat for Saturday. So yeah. that would have, would have been my that. only, like, I guess com- not complaint, but downfall of that. Yeah, I, could, I mean, racing I with all that. women was, was great, but um, there were definitely more spectators on Saturday. One thing that is uniquely uh, unique about Ironman is that it's very independent. It's very individual where like drafting is not allowed. Like there's rules on how you pass people so you don't get a draft. So what's, how's it been like transitioning to gravel where not only is like drafting encouraged, but you're like with men and like you're in the heat of everything. How's that transition? Yeah. I think that's my biggest like learning curve right now is just trying to sort that part of it out um, for sure. I mean, I've done a little bit a long time ago, right when I moved to the Bay Area, I had just met Wadi, who's my husband, and he's a he comes from cycling the road and um, some BMX and then track cycling. So he had me on the velodrome um, way back then for some track racing. I did some cyclocross. I've done a tiny bit, but that was like... Yeah, 15 years ago. So it's been a wake up call of like, okay, like time to start and then reading the tactics and like what wheels to get on. And certainly, yeah, that. And also just the style of riding where it's like surge up and then like settle in, surge up. Okay, make this group or not. Where I'm literally like, I know how to TT for five hours at this one like power versus like, having that really high end so that's going to be the biggest thing i need to work on all this off season (laughs) well i mean you're i would say you're you've done well i mean you were top 15 at unbound right or top 10 i don't even know where i ended up there i got a really bad i got in a really bad crash so i had a flat tire for like a while and then i was able to get a wheel at that second um second transition and then or yeah, whatever it's called, <laughs> second transition. Checkpoint. Um, yeah, you're, you're full Ironman, or you're full triathlon <laughs> communication there. I actually was watching one of your videos, and you're like, you you talked about, I think it was your Unbound video I watched on YouTube, and it, you were like, yeah, I made it through the first transition really well, and I was like, it's not a transition. Like, you did, like <laughs> but, I know, I was like, okay, I gotta. gotta for those non-triathlon myself. people, like that transitioning from swim to bike and then bike to run that's like your transition so like instead of a checkpoint they call them transitions so okay yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) well how was your gravel worlds experience this year oh my gosh i loved it i loved gravel worlds that was so fun it was for me it was amazing just because well one i love courses like that that are just like it's non-stop rollers like you're like oh okay i was like blown away because i'm like it's not going to be hilly and 
Nebraska. Like maybe <laughs> it'll be just like gentle rollers. And then we got there and I'm like, oh yes. Because for me in Ironman, races like that are better because I'm coming from behind and I have the bike strength. So I, I'm usually able to cr- like reel in women who in triathlon are a little bit less aggressive on a course like that. They like those just flat settle into a power and I can come through in a course like that. So I was like, these hills are great. Like it's nonstop. You're up and down. Um, and yeah, just all the people we met there. And I thought it was so, it was such a fun weekend. I was so impressed with the gravel riding there. I was like, why don't more people live in this area? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. And, well, because, endless gravel. Yeah. yeah. I, I'd say a lot of people don't live here because in the winter, the air hurts our face. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. That's, Fair enough. that's something since you're down in Tucson, we're very jealous of that. Yeah. I think uh, it. tonight it's supposed to get down to 22. So oh, yeah. wow. it's the first Already. cold, first cold of the year. So Okay. It's, it's going to get real here real fast. So yeah, that's, why okay, I went, I that's, that's why I went from mustache to beard. So I got to keep my got face it. warm. Bring in the heat. Yeah. <laughs> well, what advice would you give to women wanting to go to the next level in endurance sports? Ooh, next level meaning like performance wise or like next level, like an event distance or... I guess either like yeah, if like you if they're yeah. wanting to work up or if they're wanting to like actually go like elite. Ew. I think oh, that's tough. I feel like when I meet this is in the triathlon space. I feel like when I meet young women who say, "Okay, my goal, I want to race as a pro. I want to be a professional." And that's their ultimate goal, then it might backfire that might not be the mental approach if in okay it's okay to have that goal like I want to be a professional triathlete or I want to be a professional racer whatever your sport um that that isn't the ultimate thing you're chasing because it should be more this like personal journey of I want to be as good as I can be I want to be the best I can be this is where I'm at now okay and then these intermediate goals of how I can be better and you can look and see how does that compare to the top pros is it feasible that I can get there? Is it reasonable to make these jumps versus like that thing of, okay, you get in your head. It's similar to, I guess, going into a race with, I'm here to win. And for me, that's never worked in terms of like, it has to be your own personal goals on the course, on the day, at that at that event or venue versus this thing that maybe you can't control on the day, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, so my it's, advice it's... is just be personal growth, personal, um, improvement, looking to be the best you can be versus this, like it may happen or it may not in terms of like to get to the elite level, like, yeah, it has to be this personal, personal journey. Um, of so it's more, it's more of falling in love with the process rather than mm-hmm. like the results. Like you gotta, 100%. you gotta love the process, not the results. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> What's, yeah, if you're not like, loving what, what you're doing every single day, and then it's not going to keep you getting out the door every single yeah. day. And it takes time too. It's not going to happen overnight. So that's another tip. Like just because it's not happening in a month or a year, it might take a couple years um, or even longer. But yeah. like you just have to keep keep with it. <laughs> you have to have the passion for it. Yeah. Exactly. If it's a grind, then you're not gonna it'll be way easier to throw the towel in. What, what has your, like, what's your process? Like, what has your, like, where, what are some key, 
like points in your career where you've like, all right, that's a checkbox. Now on to the next one. You know, like you've done, you've been successful. So like at that point, like when you're second at Kona is like, what's the process of like continuing to push yourself forward? I mean, I guess for me, I never, I've never won Kona. So that's what's kept me going because it's always been that like, okay, I guess that's going against what I just said. Like the goal has always been to win that race and that has kept me going, but it's been this evolution in our process of, okay, for instance, that year when I got on the podium in Kona, we're like, okay, if I could have just run five minutes faster, then maybe that I could have been a little bit ahead or like earned a better spot. So then I went all in on running and that like, if you change too much too quickly, that can backfire. Um, if you are doing all these new things that you're not enjoying, I guess I keep going back to enjoying the process. I started to get burned out. Then you start to go backwards or you go the other way or you get too obsessed with your numbers or your like data. Um, so I feel like in my triathlon journey, I've gone through so many ups and downs of like all data, recording everything, my heart rate, my watts, my to the point where I'm like, I don't even want to look at anything. I want to go out and ride by feel and race by feel because I'm so obsessed right now with like, oh my God, my heart rate's off right now. Or so, and then for six months, I took everything off. I didn't use anything because I was just so burned out on it. I was, so, I wasn't enjoying it. Like I'd be out, it was supposed to be an easy spin. And I'd be like, oh, but I should at least be at this amount of like, power or watts or and so then all of a sudden after about six months of that I'd be like okay I wonder wonder what we're like how I'm doing right now and then put the power meter back on like go back to that like so I feel like I've gone through ups and downs of everything and you need to find what works for you in the moment of what makes your training um, enjoyable fun you're seeing progress it motivates you to even push even more to get out the door each day Um, and you need to know what that is for yourself personally, because every person's different and every person's at a different part in their season, in their like athletic journey, um, and might need different things at different points. And it's not every year isn't the same. So you can't, okay, it's January 1st. Here we go again. Same thing. Cause I've done that too. And it doesn't work year after year, month after month It you have to just always be like reflecting inside. Okay. What do I need right now? What's going to help me get the most out of myself in training and then get to that race start line motivated, inspired, ready to push, like give it my all out there. Um, and it's really this like constant, I guess, self-evaluation. That's very inspiring. Do you have any big goals for the next year? Maybe gravel worlds double. Oh, maybe that could be on there. (laughs) The run is on the day before again. Yeah. Okay. I was going to ask about that because I feel like uh, a lot of these events, the run is first. Mm-hmm. it's yeah it's the and then the ride it's definitely a conversation that we're having of moving okay. the run to sunday the day after the the one thing we don't want to lose though is the like all the bikers being there to cheer on the runners too and oh, losing. Yeah. so it's like if we move it to sunday and we can guarantee that there's going to be two thousand runners like yeah we'll do it and it'll be a blast but we just that that's something that's so special about gravel races is like all the bikers are there and then right. on Saturday yeah. all the runners are still there and so it's yeah. like the bikers help the runners and the runners help the bikers and I I just worry of bikers not sticking around until Sunday to help 
the runners. But got it. That makes that a is, we we have had a lot of feedback, and it's like it's literally fifty fifty. We pulled the runners of like, hey, do would you rather have this on Sunday or do you like it on Friday? And it was like literally like it was like one vote off from being like fifty fifty. And okay. we're like. Well, that didn't help at all. So, like, thank you very much for nothing. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, it it was, um, yeah, it was it. We're excited to see where gravel running is gonna go, and gravel like duathlons and triathlons. Um, it's I I feel like gravel running is where gravel cycling was like ten years ago, where. Right. It's going to be this next big thing of runners just getting out and enjoying being closer to nature and on different terrains and like the gravel races that I've been to or gravel runs that I've been to. It's like people love it. Like oh, and you yeah. have that that uniqueness of the community aspect, too, that sticks. Oh, yeah. hundred percent. It look I mean, it looks amazing. I've, I haven't immersed in that culture yet either but that is on the plan so for next year (laughs) so so if we move the run to sunday you're in yes okay all right we got one sign up we got one sign up and we move the run (laughs) i would do that i actually well i ran off this year i did like a 30 minute run off and then i ran the next day back out on the bike course Because I, I was like that. eight weeks out from Kona, so it was perfect. It was like an eight-hour day. I did a thirty-minute runoff, and then I, I, I thought I thought somebody told me that that they were like, yeah, we thought we saw like a like one of the women. She got off and just started running, like or <laughs> put her running shoes on. We're like, what? And then I, I didn't even like put it together. It that makes that sense been you. now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally perfect. makes sense. <laughs> what um, What is your like, so then, yeah, you did, that's a huge accomplishment. Like you finished I, or Gravel Worlds, what, like four weeks, five weeks before Kona, which like, I'm sure the normal coach would be like, don't do that. That's really dumb. <laughs> so like, what, like, how did you, like, was your coach, like, did your coach tell you not to do that? <laughs> or, or were you like, I'm doing it. Like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> It's funny you mention that because I was, I had a coach at the start of the year and then I just basically started throwing all this gravel stuff out and it kind of like it ended <laughs> fine. But <laughs> my husband helps me a lot with the planning and we've done it so long now that it was like, well, I don't like. So anyways, long story short, I coach myself and my husband. <laughs> But he's all about it. And I mean, I think I don't, that was one of my last bigger days leading into Kona. And I thought it was amazing. I mean, you don't get that type of work on a training day. So, and that's an over distance ride. I mean, eight hours and the ride in Kona is just under five. So on the bike, it was, yeah. I also feel a little bit lucky in that the bike is my strength. So I can like play with that a little bit more than maybe some of the other, like, well, swim and run, but, um, yeah, I thought it was a great training day. And that's why I think it's crazy. We met so many triathletes at Gravel Worlds and then just some of the other events. And I think it's, yeah, really crossing over right now. And more and more triathletes are super interested. I think the off-road aspect maybe scares them a touch, but... Um... We're we're working on a gravel triathlon for, for Gravel Worlds. Oh, so, wow. So not the same weekend, but okay. we're working on one under the gravel world's umbrella. We'll, we're, we're trying to work out the logistics, but that's spoiler, swim, spoiler really. alert. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, the gravel swim. Yeah. <laughs> you just swim in a ditch next to the gravel roads. We'll just, we'll just put a hose like, down. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's actually just a mud swim, bike, and then like a run. Like <laughs> you yeah, have. No, exactly. You have mentioned your husband a few times. Um, getting to the top and staying at the top is hardly ever accomplished alone. Um, it sounds like he has been a huge supporter and someone that you've been able to lean on throughout these years. Oh, my God. A thousand percent. I mean, he. I feel so lucky. Literally. I met him. I wasn't even a pro yet. I was just an age grouper. I was 23. He was in the in, had been in the industry, industry forever. Like, was came from a cycling background. So he taught me everything about cycling, got me on the velodrome, got me riding, cyclocross, a lot of the bike side of stuff, which had been my my strength early, early on. Um, and then just, yeah, navigating what races to do, what coaches to use, events, um, let alone like the day in and day out prep is just insane. I mean, he's cooking like laundry, uh, just everything it's I'm literally I wouldn't be here right now without him so for me it's been I feel so lucky to have met him I mean yeah I was just a young just similar to you <laughs> like just out and <laughs> met him and it was this like he, he just encouraged me to go for it I mean I was teaching and he's like oh just he was in San Diego um he's like you can always teach like come down to San Diego I'll help you out and I, so yeah I put my notice in, moved down to San Diego. Um, and yeah, has, I turned pro the next year. Um, and yeah, he's just helped me the whole time. And then he, uh, we had a clothing business for a while, um, about 10 years. We sold it off two years ago. Um, and he's, we've had, we had an age group team off of that clothing brand that was basically our ambassadors in the sport. Um, and he's since started a new one. It's called Plush Global. And so we have, triathlon team but we're also going to have our we're calling it like the dirt brigade because it's gravel and trail runners but we're gonna have a plush global i guess age group or i don't even know in gravel what it is but ambassador team um, of just people who like to train together party together hang out go to events together um so he's running that which we have clothing for and um, put on events and dinners and parties and stuff so kind of full-blown every he does everything so fun <laughs> when we talked to christy tracy um for her podcast interview she mentioned that the reason that they call it team tracy is that her husband has so much to do with her success and is literally a backbone for all that she does so that's why it's literally team tracy it's not just team christy it's team tracy and that totally. sounds a lot like you and your husband as well Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. It's yeah. Again, I could never, yeah. I'm sitting here because of him. It's yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. That makes me want to tear up. Oh, true love. <laughs> <laughs> just, that's cool. And I, I mean, yeah, it just, you ne you can't do any of this alone. Like you can't be at an elite level of anything and just do it on your own. So it's cool that you have a support team around you. And is there anyone else in your, in your life that's like always there for you if you need them? Yeah, my sister, my sister Biffster. Her name's Becca, but oh. her nickname's Biffster. But she's two years younger. We're, yeah, she's my closest. Um, and she's totally, she just, she's riding my old gravel bike. So she's totally into it. I think she's going to come out for the, I can't remember now. Is it 75 miler at Gravel yep. Worlds? Okay, so she, and then also my parents, 
Um, they're like super into it too. They've, my, I mean, my parents have been so supportive my entire life, which I'm super grateful for, but yeah, they're going to all come out. Um, and I think do the 75 miler next year. So I told them, yeah, it's crazy. You have to check out the gravel. And I feel like it's a good level for them of like, it's hard, the Hills, but it isn't too crazy, I guess, technical or like that. I'm like, you can do it. They're already nervous, but they'll be there. Yeah. That, that's, that's one thing that we always like pride ourselves at gravel worlds is like, it's hard, but it's not hard because like the course itself is trying to kill you. It's just right. Like there's not, you don't have to jump like big old washouts or anything. So it's exactly, yeah. exactly. It's an easy hard ride or a hard, easy ride. I don't know. <laughs> you yeah. say it. Both exactly. are valid. I think. Uh, any sponsors like also that you want to shout out because like you can't do, you can't be a pro without sponsors for sure. So oh my who's, gosh, yeah. who's your sponsors that you need to give some love to? Oh man. Yeah. All, I mean, my sponsors are, abs- yeah, so grateful to all of them. I mean, I've been with Herbalife Nutrition for 13 years. I think they're, they're my longest standing sponsor, but it's crazy. I was thinking back today and Hoka is my second longest sponsor. I always think Herbalife just cause I, I've met them so early on, but I've been with Hoka over eight years now. So next year I'll be nine years running in Hoka. And I was actually running in them before I officially signed with them. So for me, that's huge. Um, just their support that long, but then also in some of the new things as I, I guess, evolve or transition into some new goals um, that they're all on board and super stoked for me in terms of both gravel actually, but also some trail running events. So that's really exciting. Um, What's your favorite Hoka shoe? Ooh, well I race in the carbon rockets and then there's a new carbon rocket coming, but um, I guess my daily training, I would probably say the Mach fours right now. Those are kind of that middle ground. You have the Clifton's, which are really supportive, super squishy, great for like long, Long runs, just long, easy aerobic, but the mock still has um, like really good support, but is also a little less bulky. So it's great for like a tempo run, just that in-between shoe where you have support, but not, it's not a race flat and it's not really big. So it was, that would be my go-to. It was funny. I actually, I think it was like the day or the day after we scheduled you being on the podcast, I had a meeting with Hoka and I had forgotten you were a Hoka athlete and they just like randomly said your name. And I was like, Hey, they're going to be, on, she's going to be on the podcast. All right. And, uh, so awesome. they love you there too. Like <laughs> just so you know, the feelings mutual. <laughs> so oh, that's, oh my God. They also did bring sure. up in that meeting that, uh, that you had mentioned if the run was on the day after. So you, you told yeah. Hoka already. So I already know. I, I already knew your okay. answer. <laughs> Yeah, because I went to the expo and I'm like, oh my goodness, such a good Hoka presence. And I was chatting with them there and they were doing the the run. And I was like, shoot, like I have to do a long run on Sunday. So I would totally do it if it was (laughs) after. What's a, what's a long, what's a long run for you? Or like a long training run? Long training run. I mean, I guess in a marathon build would get up to about two and a half hours. Two and a half hours. I've I did a few. How many miles runs. is that for you? Because I think your two and a half hours and my two and a half hours are yeah. drastically <laughs> different. <laughs> Probably like twenty to twenty-two ish. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. Okay. Oh boy. It's like my biking pace. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 
want to make sure I thank all of my other incredible sponsors. Wahoo Fitness has supported me forever. Envy Wheels, Rudy Project. Um, this year, I've been lucky enough to be supported by Waterfall Bank, which has been amazing. Um, Shimano, ISM Saddles, obviously Plush Global with my husband. Um, and then, yeah, um, Hyper Ice and... Um, bike dust to dawn or also X lab accessories. I've helped with some of the little things I need for mm. gravel racing. So just really, Man, really had grateful. a lot of supporters. You've had a lot. <laughs> oh, thanks. No, I mean, I, I feel so lucky yeah, just to have that support and, and make this journey possible. Uh, all right. Before we go to Sophia's last question, uh, this episode is going to come out on Halloween. So what's your favorite Halloween candy? What's your go-to? Ooh. Oh my goodness. I feel like forever I was Reese's peanut butter cups. And mm. then like, and those were like special to get. Cause I feel like they always hand out not, you get like sweet tarts or something, but I don't know. I feel like I have to go with Snickers. Ooh, <laughs> man. Switching from Reese's to Snickers. That's a big jump. That's like opposite ends of the chocolate spectrum well snickers i don't know what it is i started grabbing those on some rides randomly yeah, yeah. Oh. i was i was one yeah <laughs> snickers are a good ride snack yep. so it's got the peanuts makes... yeah yep. yeah exactly Tot- so. totally a healthy snack on the bike for sure yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> love it all right before we go i did want to say again thank you for being on the podcast uh i've been a fan of yours for a long time so this is this is really cool for me so thank you for putting your body and making sacrifices for years uh, for the entertainment of others and also your own success. So thank you so much. This is, this is really cool for me. So it was funny. We were, when we were down in Emporia for unbound, we were in gravel city adventures, just hanging out and we were hanging out with uh, someone from girls gone gravel. And she goes, is that, is that Heather Jackson? And we all just like turn our necks and we're like, that's, that's Heather Jackson. She just walked in here. She's like, I'm going to go try to talk to her. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to go interview her. And we were like, oh my gosh. We were all fangirling. So it's come full oh circle. Yep. You guys are too nice. You just I really appreciate it though. All right. Before we go, Sophia always has one last question. Yes, I do. So what does the Gravel family mean to you? The Gravel family, to me, it's like just meeting people like you guys and just new people who as someone new coming into the sport, it's like these people that have similar interests, similar, like enjoy being outside, riding bikes, having fun, not taking themselves too seriously, just enjoying exercising and being out in nature, but also like enjoying each other's company, doing something we love. So for me, yeah, it's been all, everyone I've met so far has just been incredible. Love it. Well, you are always welcome around our gravel seas. Exactly. <laughs> if you're ever you driving through Lincoln in that that uh, Sprinter van, stop on by. We'll go. Okay. I'll let you drop me on some gravel. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Awesome. Thank well, thank guys. you. Thank you so much. Uh, thanks for being on the podcast. I'm Sophia. I'm Jason. I'm Heather. And this has been another episode of the Gravel Family Podcast. Gravel Family Podcast is a Pirate Cycling League production. Gravel Worlds and Pirate Cycling League are owned and operated by Gravel Adventures LLC, Lincoln, Nebraska. For more information on Gravel Family Podcast, visit www.gravelfamily.bike. For information on Gravel Worlds or Pirate Cycling League, go to www.gravel-worlds.com. 